been doing your own movies for a couple years. Ramping up now. I read uh, you're going to spend about $400 million on four movies that are coming out this year, okay. give or take. You can never believe what you read. Sometimes. Um, Um, you know, what, what we're really focused on is how do we push the creative boundaries um, and doing shows that uh, bring people together, are exciting, polarize people. Hey guys, this is Pat here with a word from one of this week's sponsors. I want to tell you about the book Dark Psychology by Dr. Charles Whitford. So this just came out and a lot of people are comparing it, saying it's like, you know, the new 48 Laws of Power. I don't read much nonfiction, but I was blown away by this book. It's not hyperbole to say it completely transformed the way I look at business and also relationships. Uh, you need to read this book if you're a business owner, a content creator, or if you're just trying to, you know, slither around on the apps. If you want to get ahead in life, you've got to read Dark Psychology. So you might be familiar with Dr. Charles Whitford from recent appearances on the Rogan podcast, on Andrew Huberman's podcast. This guy's the real deal. He studied psychology at Stanford. He was in private practice uh, for a number of years. He's consulted on all the dating apps that are probably on your phone. He really, really understands human behavior. Sold at any major bookstore, but I know you guys like to make your lives easier. So if you're in North America, just go to drcharleswhitford.com. Use promo code LOYAL15 at checkout for 15% off the hardcover. That is L-O-Y-A-L-1-5 at checkout. Uh, if you don't have this in your home library, I don't know what to say. You're not based and you're leaving money on the table. So go check it out. All right, here's the episode. So if I say any heinous shit right now, you'll cut it out in post, right? Of course, man. <laughs> okay. I'll try not to recite too many uh, crime statistics. <laughs> you, you think we're good to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is How Original Podcast, Season 2, Episode... Four, yes, episode four. Yeah, uh, this is the only podcast solely devoted to Netflix originals. This week we are talking about the movie "There's Someone Inside Your House," which is our second house-themed movie in a row because last week was "Your Place or Mine." Oh, you're right, you're right. So we're we're on a real kick of locations, houses, people being in them. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, everything that that entails. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Pat, there's someone inside your house. It's <laughs> is, me. Is it my co-host? <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to take an opportunity up top to share a couple pieces of pod news. The first piece, which I'm sure a lot of the people listening to this know already, but we were recently guesting on a podcast. So we had a great time with the Think Fresh Boys. Hell of a time. Over in Port Moody. Uh, it truly was, you know, when people are like, long time listener, first time caller, <laughs> like when we were huddled around that MacBook and they hit the jingle, it just blew my mind because I've, I've listened to this podcast literally for years, like since peak pandemic. <laughs> so it was surreal getting to be a part of it. Uh, that's episode 231 of Think Fresh, which as far as I know, is the only podcast solely devoted to Subway sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> it was so much fun, dude. Uh, we were talking before we hit record. Um, while we were recording, we were recording in like 
one of the boys' uh, common rooms in their like apartment. Like amenity rooms. Amenity yeah. rooms. And then during the record, it was like four boys huddled <laughs> around a laptop. And someone, it was like a transparent uh, door. Yeah. So you could see inside. And then this parent with like her child in a stroller was, uh, tried to enter the amenity room, like saw us, saw four tall white dudes with beards huddled around I like how you called me tall in this description. <laughs> I'm six foot three for all the listeners. <laughs> There's no way to verify that. I just met a five foot seven guy who's just my tag. <laughs> Man, they were playing that song at the the taco place that we went to afterwards. Wait, what song is that again? That was uh, American Boy. Short King Propaganda. <laughs> um, Damn, I, I didn't even notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then huh. I asked you, I was like, who is the five foot seven gentleman referred to in that song? Oh. And you were like, oh, I think that is Kanye. I didn't know Kanye was that short. Oh, right. Yeah, I think he's he's kind of short and kind of wide for a lot of the fashion stuff he's trying to do these days. Right, right Not right. the ideal runway body type. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. Yeah, so this, this woman definitely didn't want to expose her young child to whatever content was being created there. Yeah. And that's like, now that I think about it, that's crazy to just be out in the wild not expecting content to be created and stumble upon it. It's right. like, it's very intimate in a way. Yes. We we were kind of brazen, just creating content in that in that room, because it's not like you reserve it; like it's just first come, like it's just free for everyone in the building. Yeah, yeah, right? totally, so. totally. Um, <laughs> I was talking the other day to uh, my friend Nick. We were talking about the surveillance state, you know, normal stuff, normal stuff, like <laughs> you know how uh, just uh, everything is monitoring you at all times. Oh yeah, and my new take on that is, you know what? It's good. It, they better be monitoring me on all times because I'm <laughs> saying cool shit constantly off yeah. mic. I hope someone's hearing this. Dude, doesn't it feel like a waste when you have a banger of a joke and then you're like, you look down and there's no microphone? It's like, <laughs> well, what the fuck did I say that for? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that was just blew my load prematurely. Like, who is that for? I know. I know. It's frustrating. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I highly recommend... I, I think if you enjoy this podcast, you would also enjoy Think Fresh. And they've been doing it for a lot longer than we have. So they're go, seasoned. They're, they're hard-nosed vets, as yeah. I once heard Joe Budden described. <laughs> uh, yeah, they have a catalog going back to 2020. They drop episodes twice a week, Tuesday and Friday, pretty much without fail. And yeah, they also gave me some good advice before we started our pods. They're kind of our... Our mentors, if you will. Our North Stars. Our, our North Stars. Yeah, um, it, it was awesome getting chopped up with those boys. And I will say they're going to come on our pod at some point and we'll pick kind of like a food themed Netflix original to explore, I yeah. think. Yeah, I think we should. Sadly, I don't think there's any NO content literally about Subway. Sadly. I to- I was saying, I, I do want to just watch a gritty Jiro Dreams of su- Sushi style <laughs> documentary about like the owner of a subway franchise you know like an obsessed subway owner who like can't even sleep at night because he's still thinking about that italian herb and cheese bread yeah yeah and just how much it you know it's affecting his family quote unquote marriage i just this is what this is what i want yeah you don't well i was mentioning this you don't really see uh fast food franchise owners represented too much in media no who are these because they're content creators of a sort Right. They make content for my mouth and belly. <laughs> yeah. 
and then so uh ty had to bounce afterwards but we were hanging out with eric so we we played uh podcaster tennis doubles yeah we won't say the podcast we won't say who won or lost we'll leave that up to the imagination (laughs) Um, it's a gentleman's game we would never reveal those and the the fact that i'm not willing to say is very telling (laughs) but so we were walking from your car to dinner afterwards and i saw this bus stop ad to become a fresh slice franchise owner and they gave like a color-coded map of like here are the territories we're expanding into and stuff it it was very strange i've never just seen an ad placed in public like do you want to own this it was such a <laughs> i said yeah when we it was like such a hyper specific ad like what's the <laughs> what is the demographic of people that are like first of all able to purchase like right. have the funds to purchase a, a franchise who are just liquid enough to do it <laughs> who have the drive to purchase a franchise and the wherewithal like and the interest in it as and well the interest like it, who is this ad for it, it's very strange like it seems like something that specific shouldn't isn't usually advertised you know no i mean? i i as a marketing professional myself, uh, I'm something of a scientist myself. I don't think that's a good use of your ad spend to broadcast that message so indiscriminately. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And that being said, if I ever became a franchise owner, I would want to do Subway or McDonald's. Okay. Why McDonald's? Uh, I remember when I used a... to work at McDonald's and it got franchised and that was oh. a big deal. Like some French, some guy like bought out the corporate McDonald's, I, I guess. Um, Cause it was originally, I don't know how it works. I guess it was part of the court, like whatever, just like McDonald's general. Right. <laughs> and then someone bought it as a franchise. And I remember that was like a thing. Right. And then the, the guy met with us and he assured us like, you know, things aren't going to change that much. Was like, that cap? Did they change? Uh, no, I think I don't know, man. I worked like twice a week. Okay, <laughs> I told you about my experience at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. I didn't love it. No, everyone well. thought I was gay. They were trying to ship me with uh, this guy, this other gay guy buddy. <laughs> I was like, I'm not gay. So George was a teenager who, also for the sake of the story, was not gay, and they were trying to get you to hook up with like a manager. You were saying, or like a much older guy who was also gay and worked there. Or okay. The way <laughs> it seems very inappropriate that they were suggesting this. Here's what I think was going on. I think I feel like Buddy was at the forefront of like the George's gay movement. So my my oh. gay manager Buddy, who yes was like much older than me, would have been clearly inappropriate for us <laughs> and to hook you're up. Superior at work yeah. as you're a young impressionable person. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> huh. Um, he. Uh, I think he was at the forefront of like ask George if he's gay. Huh. So this is why I the keep... movement. The movement. So this is why I think like huh. there was some ulterior motives there. I think. <laughs> Do you... hmm. Or maybe he was just trying to mentor me as a an older gay gentleman. Like I feel like he was also trying to fuck you, regardless of whether he was trying to mentor <laughs> you. I think he was trying to get it in. <laughs> That's fascinating. I, uh, they kept trying to like, I worked there for so long, but so infrequently, like I worked there like once a week, basically, um, that like, 
I worked there for so long at one point, they basically like contractually had to promote me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so they had to, so they promoted me to team leader and, okay. or like a crew trainer, crew trainer. Mm. And I trained zero crew <laughs> because <laughs> I never got trained how to train. <laughs> right. <laughs> who trains the crew trainer? Did who the watches man, the watch? Did the man who invented crew training train a crew? <laughs> You have to wonder about these things, folks. <laughs> the crew training pyramid scheme. <laughs> it's just crews all the way down. And I remember, like, uh, I'd, like, because I work so infrequently, I I was always just at the till. Like, I never got trained how mm. to do, like, the back. And then oh, at wow. one point, they're like, it's crazy that you don't know how to, like, make food yet. Assemble and, food. Yeah, you have to know, like, how to do this. Um, and... Uh, I just remember I was so fucking bad at flipping the burgers, man. I was terrible. Um, I would think that it's would... so much multitasking. It's actually genuinely hard. Like it looks fucking oh. easy. I think it's hard. I see. I would have expected the customer interaction to be hard because of the you know diverse clientele you might encounter in the day. I would have expected the work in the back where you don't have to be customer interfacing. You just like get in the zone, and that's easy. I was m much more comfortable, mm. um, yeah, talking to the people mm. and uh, just seeing to their needs. Mm. Well, George, I hate to burst your bubble, but it seems like at every McDonald's I've ever been to, they have the ladies up front, the guys in the back <laughs> away from the public. So I know. maybe you as an alleged gay man were uh, allowed to be up at the front. Yes. Exactly. What, if, what if they had been like, oh, you're actually straight? No, no, we can't have you on the rip. <laughs> you got to be in the back, man. <laughs> you cannot be up there. <laughs> um but to loop back i just think i have a high mcdonald's iq because i've got food there so much yeah. so i i feel like i understand the geometry of riding a mcdonald's you know right right yeah yeah but i also think i could again drive the c bus with no training so <laughs> do you think you could construct a chicken big mac oh yeah like without any formal training oh yeah nice I think I could invent a new type of chicken Big Mac. Whoa. Another median layer of bread. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, check out episode 231 of Think Fresh. I think the loyalists have high potential to become breadheads, which is the fans of Think Fresh, and vice versa. Um, and then our other bigger pod news. So we haven't really picked up on this thread too much, I don't think, in the past couple episodes. We're going to the Spotify lab, folks. <laughs> this is not a bit. Like, I know sometimes your friends are like, oh, what's a bit on the podcast? It's all real. Like, no cap. We are going to LA to participate in the lab. Yes. And I'm fucking stoked. They're going to run tests on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, how are you guys such good pod podcasters? <laughs> They're going to take all of our biometrics and get us like, <laughs> running on the treadmill with like the oxygen mask on <laughs> they're like what are people doing in vancouver this is like uh why are people from ethiopia such fast runners like why are people from george said that i didn't <laughs> that's just george's theory i i would never comment on that hey man that's real <laughs> you know why that is right it's like they they have all these uh uh i don't know it's, it's part of their culture <laughs> i'm not sure where you're going with this anyway pull back culture, man. What if it's like the rainy climate of Vancouver creates the perfect podcaster because we have spent so much fucking time indoors. Okay, Dude, the, yes. the sun just came out, but this morning I was like walking to go get coffee and do some writing. And like, I just wore a t-shirt under my Arc'teryx layer and my t-shirt was so wet when I got to the coffee shop. It was bullshit. Oh, dude, we went out last night. Such a bummer going 
like going out to like a bar Ugh. in the rain in your nice nice outfit you yeah know, it's getting wet fucking wet tight wet jeans <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like the tight part is something you elected for but then they got wet yeah, yeah like yeah. nobody made you wear the tight jeans right? fair fair yeah that, that was on you <laughs> tight jeans were a choice they're like how yay <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm i'm so fucking stoked to take a little vacation it's gonna um, be awesome because yeah you're still figuring out exactly when you're gonna get to la but i'm going there on the saturday morning and then we're staying to do the spotify lab on the tuesday and then flying back to vancouver later in the day on tuesday mm-hmm. um yeah i was gonna say i don't think i've seen any listeners from california on our anchor metrics yeah if we are to believe these are accurate metrics yeah. and that these are real people at all. However, I will say if any loyalists are in LA from the, let's see, the 22nd through the 25th, shoot me a DM, how original podcast, uh, we'll link and build, we'll smoke some weed on the, the Ace Hotel rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> That's my promise to you guys as the listeners. <laughs> We'll smoke some weed in that uh, window of the repository where Lee Harvey Oswald shot Kennedy or whatever. You know what I mean? Was that in LA? No, that was in Dallas, dude. Oh, okay. like, what, is, what are you talking about? I thought that was in LA, like that library. No, that, that wasn't. I'm 99% sure that was in Dallas. And I know I this right. because the new Cormac McCarthy book, which I finally finished, oh, okay. very whack, by the way, has a character ramble on for like five pages for seemingly no reason as like a kennedy assassination truther okay and it's like yeah i know there was a fucking second shooter like i've already read all the all the lore (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's in like the back part of the book where you're like where is cormac going with all of this so i guess we don't have where am i going with all this i guess we don't have enough time for a day trip to dallas to see the library Mm, where that might be a separate podcast trip (laughs) that must be like do you think that's like a tourist destination like the site of the kennedy assassination like the grassy knoll the library it was oh i'd I'd imagine yeah right uh or some sort of office tower maybe it was a library but yeah i i would imagine all the locations if you're a certain type of traveler (laughs) (laughs) the same way up like how to visit the courtyard of one of the buildings used in the original Blade Runner. There are people looking up like how do I see all the assassination stuff? Yeah, there must be big like assassination tourism. Yeah, you know, heads. Being a big assassination head is crazy. <laughs> okay, it was the uh sorry, I used the wrong, so it was the depository. The, the it was the Texas School Book Depository. So as a teacher, what is what actually happens at a book depository? <laughs> Do they get rid of all the old textbooks there? I think they get deposited in some capacity. <laughs> but to what end? <laughs> to store it? Like they got too many textbooks and now they're storing some? Uh, maybe they got, uh, you know, dated. Maybe these are dated mm. books with a lot of racist, mm. offensive language. Because like, in the uh, 60s, they were a definitely... A lot of stuff about Ethiopians and how they're <laughs> built to run. <laughs> yeah, again, Patrick did not say that. That was George. Uh, and as we'll get into in this movie, my favorite scene is where a person who recorded an episode of a racist podcast oh, yeah. has that podcast played back to her before she's brutally killed. <laughs> she's like, it's part of their culture. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, shouts out to that girl. She would have had a promising career on the Red Scare podcast had she lived. She needed a... 
She was overdue for a session in the lab, I think. They would have steered her the right way oh, had I, she gone to the Spotify lab seminar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they would have been like, uh, we need to rebrand a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That girl was kind of hot, though, right? Oh, in yeah. In the movie? Yeah, I, I was a fan. Kind of weird face. Weird face, but, like, hot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, yeah, definitely you guys should be following the Instagram. I'm going to take lots of pictures when we're in L.A., and it's our understanding that we're literally going to create, if not a full episode, at least a segment in the lab. So this is going to be the best our podcast will ever sound. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Everything up, like, everything up to this that point will be just shadows on the wall of the cave. Like, yeah. This will be... This will be reality outside the cave. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm already thinking about, like, what clothes I'm going to bring. I need to get a fit off in the lab. Yeah. Also, I told George... I'm trying to meet a beautiful lady podcaster and fall in love. I'm trying to find love in a hopeless place. What do I call it? A podcast dress. Yeah. A po- They're all podcasters to me. Gender neutral term. <laughs> Imagine having podcast dress on your resume. Oh. An employer being like, what did you do for these few years? And you're like, I was a racist podcast dress. <laughs> Dude, I feel like you add S to any or, or tress. The suffix tress to any term, automatically it's hot. It doesn't matter mm. what it is. Like I was a janitor tress. A janitress? <laughs> kind of hot. Uh, what about, what do you think about the term co-ed? Because there's really no reason to say it. Like universities <sighs> have been gender integrated for so long. Oh, right. Yeah. But like it's when quite, somebody says. Vestigial, I guess. When somebody says co-ed, it automatically sounds kind of pervy. It totally does. Yeah. 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 It's a dog whistle. It's, like, it's a wait, pervy dog whistle. Wait, sure. you mean like a student of the institution right, that right. has allowed women in for like five decades? Right. Oh, a co-ed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Perfect. <laughs> but it's funny that that like the, term has stuck around. That is how language goes though, right? It's like, you know, you use a term until it becomes either too pervy or too racist, then you <laughs> yeah. move on to the next thing, you know? <laughs> you, you burn everything down and you start fresh. Also, this Fiji water, it it rips, dude. The, yeah. Um, trying Fiji water for the first time on pod. Because um, we're a luxury podcast and we only sip the best. Yes. We only re- <laughs> we record. Yeah. You know, we're big time now. We're big shots. We're we recording all, at the lab. We're we only Fiji drive foreigns. We only wear designer. We only sip Fiji. <laughs> um, yeah, dude. I like all the... I could taste all the minerals, I feel like, in the Fiji water. Like, I can... I can taste the quality in this water. I and mean, how how do you feel about the vaporwave aesthetic of said Fiji water? I love it, man. No, I love the it. The blue gradient in the back. Would you say it's, yeah, I would say bisexual. It, it's got that bisexual lighting, you yeah. know. Um, <laughs> and don't tell your old McDonald's manager. <laughs> glad to see zero lead mm. in, one, in the ingredients. Mm, I, I like a pinch of lead. Um, I would say the pH is a touch too high. 7.7 mm. is a little bit high for my taste but what's your ideal ph i would say 6.3 yeah so i'd say 6.9 okay (laughs) moving on all right so Um, uh oh i was gonna say um yeah last night i i was gonna tell you about last night we went to a korean barbecue place for uh friend erica's birthday shouts out erica (laughs) shouts out frank super fun um went to the greta bar after you've been to the greta bar before not only have I been in Vancouver, I've been to the original Greta Bar in Edmonton. Oh, sick, dude. Yeah, yeah. Where it all began. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Mecca. The you, Mecca. You, you took a pilgrimage to the Mecca. Where 
actually i'll tell my story after yours. sorry i don't want to jump on your story oh yeah well i was just saying i was crushing non-alcoholics <laughs> last night people were like why are you why do you keep buying these these are like the same price as a regular beer without the alcohol it's like eight bucks <laughs> it is very funny when you see non-alcoholic menu options priced the same it's like wait shouldn't i get a bit of a discount on this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure or shouldn't this be like you get the first one then like a refill is free or something i want like a tax break from this right? <laughs> <laughs> should be a write-off <laughs> it should be <laughs> so wait how many how many did you have i think i crashed like five <laughs> that's so many yeah <laughs> that's just a lot of liquid i know <laughs> um and uh i was <laughs> you know i had the thought when i was on the dance floor I haven't been on the dance floor in a while I was, the d floor was, yeah me neither i was tearing up the d floor and i had the thought of like there's always <laughs> either a tall white or a tall Persian man on the dance floor that is just like the lone shooter. Like it's just there by himself in the book depository <laughs> leaned out the window. You know what I'm talking about though? No homies in sight. Oh yeah. Just complete predator. Like, <laughs> like, like fully rocking with the beat. Yeah. Fully like, just... but you can tell they have like, they're looking for co-eds. They have pervy yes. intentions. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the co-ed killer? oh ted bundy that was ted bundy yeah, Fully, yeah full bundy yeah uh like like dancing very sorry, very into the dancing sorry to interject i've simply heard enough of women saying how handsome ted bundy was he was fine he was fine yeah. like i guess if you compare him to like the freaks that have been serial killers over the years yes yeah, one of the better looking ones but it's like he's fine you're right he's very average in the tier list say. of like yeah serial killer yeah. hotties yes sure you can call yeah. s tier in the tier list of like everybody of hotties. general men yeah. yeah no i would say like b tier yeah but it's like look as i've always said i'll go on record narcissistic women are obsessed with the idea of getting sex murdered so mm. because it's like i i truly think like a sexual fascination with that is a symptom of narcissism where it's like I'm so irresistible that I would bring out somebody's basis, most destructive urges, and they would risk it all to like have their way with me, which is murder in this case. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Anyway, that's just my whole pop psychology thing. Go on. So you're on the dance floor. They really were asking for it then. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you my thoughts after we go to the lab. <laughs> yeah. If anyone from Spotify is listening, this is satire and we are playing characters my <laughs> real name is not even pat <laughs> on the final episode of this podcast i'll reveal what it actually says my birth certificate it's tap <laughs> <laughs> no you weren't supposed to say <laughs> your name is greg <laughs> <laughs> greg and tap <laughs> yeah. that's like the chat gpt generated version of this podcast <laughs> Greg and Tab sound like cool, like, 70s detectives, <laughs> you know? Like a show that ran for two seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a bad Miami Vice rip-off. Yeah. Uh, wait, so you're on the dance floor. There's, like, a lone wolf. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, every dance floor has the lone wolf who, like, yeah. keeps grinding behind unsuspecting co-eds. And yeah. they just keep shuffling away from him. A real Brian Callen type, if you will. <laughs> But isn't that strange how like and I looked around, I was like, yeah, surely sure enough, this dance floor had the Ted Bundy. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know, it, it's just a staple of every dance floor. It's almost like, you know, it's it's almost like somebody's shift. You know, they're clocking in. <laughs> clocking in at the creep factory. Yeah, it's someone's job. The almost. creep union. 
Like well, it's that, that consistent, I feel like. That does make me think, because like what do you think about it? In my experience is going out. Sometimes you meet somebody who's a lone wolf, but it's like they're a cool person and they're like together and they understand social cues. Yeah. Like they're, you know, emotionally together. Yeah, yeah. Whereas sometimes you meet people like this who are just off putting and it's like maybe you don't even have a crew to go out with. But yeah. yeah, sometimes you meet the people where it's like maybe you've been temporarily separated from your crew or like you were out with them earlier. And it's like, you know, like me, the first night in L.A. when you're not there, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> we talked about before the pod. I was saying you should like <laughs> you should go uh, go to Skid Row and just infiltrate Skid Row. Like, yeah. get really familiar with that culture, that community. Yeah, well. I'm sure some of our listeners, knowing our listeners, I think they're familiar with the YouTube channel Soft White Underbelly. Yeah. Which is a series of like hundreds of video interviews conducted with various inhabitants of Skid Row. And the guy like Mark Lida has like talked about his process, like how much work goes into like earning the trust of the like the prostitutes and like drug addicts the and the gang, gang yeah. members that he interviews. <laughs> um in in those uh, in that show <laughs> so uh, yeah i think you should just take the first couple of days while i'm not there yeah to, <laughs> you know to earn someone's trust on skid row what, what if i'm on soft white on your belly as like <laughs> traveling podcaster <laughs> yeah i will say i've watched certainly not all of the soft white underbelly interviews because there's so many and a lot of them are like half hour plus but I was telling George before we started, I have been mostly interested in the pimp. Uh, so they sort like the YouTube channel by themes, like prostitutes, drug addicts, like pimps. <laughs> I've watched a lot of ones from the pimp playlist. A classic theme. Pimp yeah. is like a classic theme. Yeah. Yeah. And I was telling George, it's interesting because a lot of these pimps are very charismatic and they're very good at storytelling and kind of building an image of themselves. But when you actually pick apart what they say it's like there's so little substance here like you're just talking in circles but you're delivering it with such conviction yeah so much like a podcaster they'll they'll bamboozle you if you let them <laughs> <laughs> i don't know like can you guys think of anything we've ever said on this entire podcast that you actually remember maybe soccer isn't an art <laughs> <laughs> which we are unrepentant on um <laughs> yeah dude i'll i'll have to leave you some voice notes or something on saturday when i'm doing stuff i don't know what i'll do definitely yeah very curious i mean i have i have some it. plans in the day like i really want to go in that infinite mirror room at the broad museum i want to be up and abroad the 360 mirror room get your fashion right yeah <laughs> yeah imagine wearing a bad fit into the broad museum and they let you into the mirror room and then you're like oh god what have i done <laughs> just a real introspective look at your fat <laughs> um anyway yeah so yeah so last night was sick um we were playing we were shooting hoops with uh with nick nick and, oh the hoops at greta yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah yeah the hoops machine uh game that they have and uh i uh i took down nick the reigning champ of the, hoop, the hoops game i am mr buckets now <laughs> <laughs> the friend group can only have one mr Buckets. yes yeah, yeah so legally now i am the mr buckets but i did an insane move where like um after i think someone finished a game and we were next up and like the balls would not like come down from like the netting at the top mm, so i was the like the balls oh. wouldn't come pause so like i thought the machine maybe was broken 
So I climbed on top of them. I climbed into the machine to like acquire they, the balls. They really like it at bars when you do that. When you climb up inside the shit they have there. And I turn around. There's like a lineup behind. I was like, don't worry, guys. I got the balls. No problem. <laughs> little, little, little did I know that like when you press start on the game, they just come down. Like some, like a knob oh, no. releases and they just come down. So I just look like a, look like a buffoon, man. So wait, did you get like smacked in the face? Uh Oh, shit. Hold on, let's take a break and I will let okay. you know. Perfect. Uh, so you were saying you were up inside the ball machine at yeah. Greta, yeah. much to the, I imagine, horror slash bemusement of the onlookers. Yes, yes. So was there any staff members at the bar being like, <laughs> speaking into like, <laughs> we've got a code 611 in progress? The guy that was drinking non-alcoholics is in the ball machine i repeat <laughs> is somehow the craziest out of everyone in this bar right now <laughs> that was the funniest just knowing i That's, was sober doing yeah, this <laughs> that, which is very funny when you go out on a given night and you're not consuming anything and you're like why did i do the craziest thing i've seen here all night <laughs> yeah <laughs> it does rule just like remembering everything you did though the night oh before. totally and like being able to drive home i don't know if you drove and parked downtown or whatever but yeah just being yeah, in yeah. in control yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a concept <laughs> um can i tell you a very quick greta story and being, i was just gonna say being in control is my favorite thing you know? yeah no it's it's good actually <laughs> it's good and chill killing co-eds makes me feel yeah that's how you assert your control in control very much in control well as that's we know as we know it. from one of the better netflix shows they ever had mind hunter yeah for a lot of killers it is about control exactly exactly it's either like <laughs> domination or like sexual gratification yeah um what was i gonna say oh so greta in edmonton uh shouts out to my friends chris and mikey not sure if they're loyalists. Uh, maybe, maybe not. Mm. Anyway, if they're listening, shouts out. So Mike and I were visiting. Chris was moved from Vancouver to Edmonton to attain a much better quality of life as a homeowner uh-huh. uh, with his, his now wife. Um, but we were at Greta and like it was a pretty slow night and we were just having a few drinks. And I forget how this came up with the. Oh, so with the waitress, we we're ordering food and Chris was like, oh, I'll have my burger without uh, tomatoes. I think tomatoes are gross. And then the topic of gross food was broached. Uh-huh. She was like, oh, you know, people say my favorite snack is gross. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll bite. What do you like to have? <laughs> and she's like, I enjoy processed cheese on top of like sweet pickles. And I'm like, that okay. sounds super gross. But like, thanks for sharing with us. Then the next time she came back to our table, she had a plate unsolicited with what? four of these. And she's like, I'm going to do one with you guys, too. Yo, that's uh, that's that Edmonton hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everybody I met in Edmonton was pretty cool. But anyway, we're like... That's that prairie hospitality. <laughs> we're man. like, okay, open mind. We'll do one with you. Uh, it was so gross. <laughs> I was ready to be like, wow, you actually have a point to this. No, it was super vile. <laughs> That's like for a while my my weird my strange addiction was uh eating like making instant I don't know if I ever told you about this draining so like making instant noodles. I already don't like the use of the phrase draining when it comes to food because that's that's a very medical word. <laughs> Extracting the liquid from uh the broth. 
from mm. the instant noodles while after it finishes boiling hmm. and proceeding to add mayonnaise, like a dollop of mayonnaise, mixing it all around. You need to find God. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't want to share a hotel room with you anymore. <laughs> Dude, and you know who told me about that? That recipe? Ew. That family recipe? Family recipe? Uh, Max Ustagov, fan favorite. Yo! Um fucking catfish billy holy shit <laughs> molotov cocktail catfish the joker max yes holy shit that dude. is his home brew every three episodes <laughs> i learn something new about max and yes. i'm like this guy's gonna be on soft white underbelly <laughs> holy shit wow mark lighta is currently earning his trust <laughs> as we speak <laughs> Yeah. Currently infiltrating his brain. Um, so I guess we should just get into a movie that you enjoyed slightly, a half star more than I did. Yes. I think. Because yeah. you gave it three, I gave it two and a half. Yeah. There's Someone Inside Your House, the 2021 Netflix horror original. Like many horror movies, I feel like the screenwriter came up with a cool name and then figured out how to make a movie around it. Yes, yes. <laughs> how to make woke horror around it yes i'm uh, i'm coining the genre of woke horror i think this is a new thing i i've seen like four at this point i would Enough say i would say it's a genre i think it's a fairly new genre and i think it's a subset of kind of like elevated horror quote yes. unquote which you know think about like your a24s like hereditary type stuff so for much of its for much of its existence i wouldn't say the average horror movie has been especially intelligent. Mm -hmm. However, now there is kind of a push to give the viewer something a little bit elevated, a little bit more topical, kind of commenting on our times. Yeah, and often it's like uh, symbolic or allegorical, like the Babadook, you know, this like, yes. you know, with that movie, like which sort of allegory for depression. Right? Which I found exciting at first as a viewer. And now I'm like, what if a movie was just about something fucked up and it didn't need to be about like, this is a metaphor for like trauma or inequality or whatever. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. just give me a good entertaining movie. And I do think a lot of horror movies can function on a way that appeals to very genre aware and well-versed viewers who are like more intelligent and people who are, you know, a little more simple and are like, I just want a good movie. Like, you know, you I just want to see co-eds die. Literally, like... <laughs> I don't know. You could watch something like Hereditary with your film literate friends and with your very like normie friends and both would find something worthwhile there. Right. Yeah. yeah definitely. Um, so this you were mentioning, like a lot of people on Letterboxd compared it to Scream. Exactly. Generally yeah. in an unfavorable light where it tries yeah. to be kind of aware of tropes or make some sort of social statement, which I would say doesn't super land with this movie yeah um yeah it's i would definitely classify it as woke horror and yeah it's it is strange yeah i guess you're right to trace the lineage to like just the the elevated horror genre where it's like um seems like a natural progression M movies are making uh commentary so and now the current commentary is you know to to say something about yeah things like inequality or racism or you know like you have your jordan peels your uh, i saw this movie called the jordan peterson's jordan peterson's <laughs> uh, i saw well he is the red skull so <laughs> it makes sense um i saw uh, 
movie called The Master, an Amazon original, which was awful. <laughs> One of the worst movies. Wait, I've sorry. Ever seen. So not The Master is in the Paul Thomas Anderson. No. Philip Seymour Hoffman or Walking no, sorry, Phoenix movie. You know what I think is just called Master. Oh, okay, because I was gonna say that was a genuinely great movie, yeah. but it's also not what you seem like you're talking about. No, no, it's called Master, and it was mm. definitely woke horror. It was, okay. it was about like this uh, college campus, and like I forget, I think, mm. like all the black students start dying. Okay, or I forget. Um, <laughs> it really left an impression on you, I can tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it was genuinely bad, not because right. of the woke. Like I like them. I like these kinds of movies if they are doing if they are making a commentary that is actually interesting and mm-hmm. not i don't know yeah and also has like competent i don't know ele- whole actual competent horror elements and writing mm-hmm. behind it like I'm, I'm more than happy with uh this genre and i would say like a commentary on the slasher genre in general which I think there are even a lot of horror fans who are like, "Eh, I don't really care for slasher movies because they're so dumb and formulaic where it's usually a group of young people who are either high school or perhaps college age. Um, And I would say a lot of slasher movies, if you actually look at the plot, it's like, it's not even necessarily about the monster. It's kind of about the horrors of transitioning into adulthood Uh and suddenly having this new set of issues where it's like, Nobody is around to help you anymore. Like, you have to figure it out yourself. Right. Because a lot of times in a slasher movie, it's like a group of young people who are isolated or maybe nobody believes their theories about what's happening. So it's like they have to band together and find, like, a resourcefulness to overcome adversity. And it's kind of like this extended metaphor for, like, you're on your own now. That's an adult. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Um, The horrors of adulthood, of responsibility. Yeah, it's like... A lot of times slasher movies feature a cast of characters who are kind of in this transitional stage where it's like they're not kids anymore, but they're not quite full fledged adults, which we see in this movie. Of course, I do like the mixture. I think the reason I like these movies so much is like I like the mixture of high and low culture. It's like Mm. it's making this elevated commentary. But it's also this like dumb slasher movie at the at the yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just really like that dynamic, that dynamic, yeah. that dichotomy. Yeah, it's nice. And I will say, I don't think anyone deserves to die for a podcast. <laughs> Look, I don't co-sign what this uh, beautiful young woman was saying in her podcast, but I don't think she needed to die because of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, also- much like that guy, that's Rodrigo didn't need to die because he was. Doing addicted fentanyl. to fentanyl <laughs> yeah like what yeah this movie tries to touch on a lot of issues and here's my problem when a movie tries to touch on so many different things it doesn't really succeed at any one of those yeah i think like right. we're talking about the opioid ec- epidemic in small town america we're talking at one point about like you know police being defunded which doesn't even make sense like would a small town ever get rid of their police force I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, yeah, we're talking about all sorts of things here. Yeah. Um, hazing is a very big theme. Hazing. We have two whole separate hazing flaws. You're right. It was trying to do <laughs> it, it bit off way more than it could chew. It, it, that's the thing about this movie is like, I think it wanted to be woke horror so bad yeah. that it was just very generally woke about everything. <laughs> right. And it wasn't zeroed in on like any one issue. Which, yeah. Which is where it maybe ran ran aground. And also, it's absolutely crazy to think that the killer in this movie is 3D printing a mask of each individual victim. Pro- and where is he even 3D printing? Do we ever... We never find that out. He just mentioned... Yeah. 
he just mentions in the end like i had to go fucking hard to print these masks it's so much work so that's what i wanted to bring up because the title sequence for this movie we've already had the first kill we see the killer's conceit of having the mask of each victim so they're presented kind of with themselves in the moments before death yeah is this a home i mean he's super rich like it's spoilers the rich kid all along the white rich kid the white rich kid uh folks there's nothing wrong with being white um (laughs) but it's like so this is his home 3d printer where he's like meticulously doing it he may have a 3d printer at home yeah i think he does but like the the title sequence for this which i enjoyed shows like kind of the printing of masks yeah um i thought that was a cool sequence that was sick yeah yeah and that's just a cool idea too like yeah it's killing your next victim with a mask of that victim Mm -hmm. it's pretty dope and the the conceit as well is that he reveals everybody's shameful secret before killing them yes um so there's uh the first victim is a he is a hazer yeah hazer classic jock hazing situation where he hazes a gay kid i guess yeah 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 uh yeah to the point where like i don't know he beats him up brutally like like punches him in the face until he his face is bleeding yeah there's there's a video um of it i guess that has never been shared but the the killer has found it and he's wiki leaked it yeah he's wiki leaked it um and then he well yeah you were saying how like the first the opening sequence is like the most competent thing about this movie i i was actually really taken with the opening sequence and i was like all right we got ourselves a movie here yeah because the opening sequence basically shows this jock character returning to kind of like a more remote farmhouse he's talking on the phone with i guess a teammate they're bantering about all this shit and then uh this jock goes to take a nap and then he wakes up and there's been an item in his house moved. There's somebody inside his house because this like egg timer moved from the kitchen to right beside him. Yeah. And then uh, he starts to notice some other things. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's creepy. Yeah. Because there's a timer that is set like an egg, yeah. one of those egg cute egg timers, <laughs> kitchen egg timer. You ever use an egg timer like that? No, I haven't. There's they're cute though. Neither have I. It's a lost art. It really is. I should get one in LA. Yeah. (laughs) And put it in your luggage, unbeknownst to you. (laughs) (laughs) There's someone inside my... There's someone inside your duffel bag. bag. Damn. (laughs) Wait, are you going to do backpack, duffel bag, suitcase? That reminds me of like the video. uh, There's a video that Logan Paul made once of like, I don't know, he has like a little person friend that recurs in all of his videos, like a Hasbulla type oh who he snuck into his luggage and i don't know the way that the video was cut alleges that they actually managed to like check him into the luggage and he was sent uh across the country in the luggage (laughs) and logan paul like meets him in the end like hey you made it you made it i have some questions questions yeah (laughs) there's there's someone inside if we're to believe that airport security (laughs) has been operating the way it claims to for the past 20 plus years I don't know if you can send people through your luggage. Yeah. Sending Hasbullah in your luggage, hmm. I don't think would work. Well, if we were going to the airport on the same day, we could test that theory by trying to ship one of us in the in the luggage. We could, yeah. <laughs> but unfortunately, I'm leaving on the Saturday and you're coming later. So, oh, yeah. <sighs> Man. That content would have been delicious. Yeah. <laughs> They're opening out my luggage like, 
sir, were these shirts sent to you from the Ukraine? We have a few questions here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay, so the jock in the house. Yes, Jocko. And Jocko. (laughs) The Jocko podcast. Maybe I should listen to that on the plane. Um, So he ends up... Like he thinks somebody's been home. Was it his parents? What is was it his sister? Like what's happening here? Who set the egg timer? Yeah. Right. So he feels as if he's not alone in the house. He ends up finding a bunch of like photos of the hazing incident. Mm-hmm. He's going into the closet. He's freaking out. He's like, there's somebody here. And then the killer is lurking in the clothing in the closet. This guy's got too much Balenci. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This guy's rifling through all his uh, Demna era Balenci. He's got all these different Rick Owens shorts hanging in the closet, you know? That was his crime. He was too much of a Balenci <laughs> demon. <laughs> <laughs> he was too demonic. <laughs> what if that was what? Because every single like crime perpetrated by these people is like, well, some, some of these people are racist. Some of these but, people yeah. are like... Okay, I would also argue being hooked on opiates yeah, yeah, yeah. as a young person is, I mean, I guess technically a crime and that's a controlled substance, but it's not like a moral failing in exactly. the same way that like hazing a gay kid or starting a racist podcast. I think if you have any sort of sympathy, you could look at the modern American landscape, sociopolitical landscape and be like, you know, you're a victim if you're yeah. a drug addict. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, so no. it's like. But that is classic slasher logic where it's like the kids who have sex and party end up being the ones who die. Yeah, it was like the weird (laughs) hyper-moralism of horror. Yeah. Exactly. So it's this conservative hyper-moralism almost. But my point was like, if his crime had been like, this guy's been buying too much new Balenci. (laughs) You know, this is a crime against sustainability. Buy used clothes, buy vintage clothes, stop buying new clothes. If this kid is spending thousands of dollars for the... uh, runway worn items when Balenciaga did like the mud pit runway show (laughs) so he's rifling through all these pairs of jeans that are soaked in mud trying to find the killer (laughs) what actually happens the killer lunges out from the floor and slashes the back of this kid's ankle that was brutal it was rough that was like a good close-up of of that happening which even the people in letterboxd who are like this movie is dumb a lot of people do say the kills are good the oh, yeah. set pieces and the kills are solid. Yeah, they're solid. They're solid. Yeah. A few of them are kind of phoned in, but yeah. I, some of these special effects looked pretty fake to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps deliberately. Um, oh yeah, perhaps. But oh did you know that this movie was filmed in Vancouver, British Columbia? So I only learned that afterwards. I wouldn't say there was any recognizable filming locations. I recognized a few. I recognized oh. the big grain elevator uh, that's in Richmond. Um, oh. there, there was uh, a lot. Of, I think a lot of the uh, cornfield, like farm, because this is supposed to take place in like a small town, nowhere, yes. USA kind of thing. Um, and uh, so I think they filmed a lot in Richmond, kind of like the, oh, okay. you know, the country of Vancouver, right? Yeah, or maybe even like out in the valley somewhere. Mm, I think I, I actually know. looked it up. It was it was in Richmond. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. and I definitely recognized that grain elevator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's Wait, a road. There's a road. I definitely bike down. Ever woken up in a grain elevator after getting too twisted? Like, <laughs> damn, last night was a movie. <laughs> Spitting grain out of your mouth. Uh, 
I'm trying to do something with brain elevator, but uh, yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Save it for the lab, dude. That sounds like a pun from uh, remember that poke her face song that Kid Cudi and Kanye did, where it's like, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Was this pre or after Eraser, which is the Cudi Kanye and early? collab between I, those two. i think that was pre eraser there's oh few... or wait erase me erase Sorry. me erase me um yeah i think that was pre erase me <laughs> it was uh yeah it's called poke her face it was just all about oral sex i feel like the kanye that wrote his verses for Katy perry's et would have written the poker face yeah oh stuff. yeah it was definitely Katy perry era this was like Shit, horning yeah. kanye yeah 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 and then horning kanye resurfaced late 2010s with um the song ecstasy where he's talking about how he wants to fuck all the kardashians and then i love it with little pump and then he became manically religious yeah shortly thereafter yeah still still horny though (laughs) still quietly horny i don't know if we'll ever get a horny kanye song again i think maybe not a song but every once in a while in in an interview he'll get like really horny like talking about his porn habits (laughs) But I think and, he's, and his searches. I think he's tough. renounced those though, because he was talking about like oh, did he? more recently, like porn tore apart my family. And it's like, mm, I think your mental illness tore apart your family as well. I'm sure porn was part of it, but dude, there's I'm looking at the lyrics of poker face. <laughs> What's he saying? Um this this was one of my favorite ones. Uh uh where he <laughs> says, uh, getting brain in the library because I love knowledge. <laughs> dude, okay, I feel like around 2010 every rapper figured out like brain knowledge yes yes like (laughs) i feel like if you could generate a word cloud of like associations so many rappers have played with that theme what do you call that when like you have a like multiple people come parallel thinking parallel thinking yeah that was like a weird parallel thinking in 2011 or yeah i think like (laughs) 09 to 11 maybe yeah I got seniority with the sorority. So that explained why I love college. Getting brain in the library because I love knowledge. When you use your medulla oblongata and give me scoliosis until I comatosis. <laughs> <laughs> and do it while I sleep. Yeah, a little osmosis. Crazy. Crazy. Uh, so I'm looking up the lyrics of E.T. Oh, yeah. Uh, with Katy Perry featuring Kanye. Which, honestly, I listened to so much in 2021 that it just barely made my Spotify wrapped. (laughs) (laughs) It just made it. So, the intro, Kanye West. I got a dirty mind. I got filthy ways. I'm trying to bathe my ape in your milky way. (laughs) So, play on, bathe, bathing ape. I'm a legend. I'm a reverend. I be reverend. I'll be so far up, 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 up. We don't give a fuck. Welcome to the danger zone. Step inside the fantasy. Step into the fantasy. You were not invited to the other side of sanity. They calling me an alien, a big-headed astronaut. Maybe it's because your boy Yeezy get ass a lot. <laughs> and then we go into Katy Perry's verse. I love how the whole verse is building up to that punchline, which is so <laughs> <Yeah>. dumb. <laughs> See, I think that verse, I think there's a good place for brain elevator somewhere in that oh, verse. Oh, that. <laughs> up, 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 up in if, the brain elevator. <laughs> if only we had been there. And then later, Kanye in the song gets another short verse to revisit these themes. Can I read you the verse? Oh, It'll be super quick. Oh, please. Kanye West, verse three. I know a bar, a bar out in Mars where they're driving spaceships instead of cars. Cop a Prada spacesuit up out the stars. 
getting stupid high straight up out the jars pockets on shrek rockets on deck <laughs> tell me what's next alien sex <laughs> i'm a disrobe you then i'm a probe you see i abducted you so i tell you what to do yo <laughs> truly incredible so good i think about this song way more than i should <laughs> that's such a good song. i listen to it in the brain elevator dude <laughs> i think uh the same parallel thinking that happened with like brain yeah for rappers it was like the alien theme mm. of like i'm an alien i'm from another planet will wayne's like i'm not it. a human being yeah dude speaking of brain elevator i'm trying to get us into the chateau marmont for like food or a bevy or something oh where that's the brain elevator the isn't it? urban legend is that scarlett johansson uh friend of the pod and benicio del toro once hooked up in the elevator yeah yeah so you know i'd like to be up in this elevator and see what's up brain nisio <laughs> brain <-nisio. laughs> um yeah i went to the restaurant at the marmonts many many years ago when i was there in high school uh with my parents yeah yeah, yeah. i'm excited to to check it out if we can and also i mean most of the listeners would not know this i do have a framed poster of the movie somewhere mm -hmm. uh, which depicts uh the chateau marmont yeah that is your only well no i have another your... poster oh, too oh, no, yeah. the yeah. Uh, martini vermouth poster yeah so and for so long, I've considered getting a framed American apparel ad poster. But then I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm aligning myself with uh, sex criminals and perverts too much if I do that. But I do love that style of photography. I'm imagining you lurking around like the closing sale of the last American apparel. Like, what are you going to do with those posters, though? Yeah. What are you going to do with the horny posters? Well, where, actually, where the chicks are wearing the bras where you can like still see, yeah. clearly see the nipples. Underneath oh, yeah. The, the mesh and they're like bra. blowing bubblegum bubbles with like the hard, hard light photography. You see like um, the pubic hair. Yeah. Through the, the panties. Do you think, because I think Sasha Gray was a, an American apparel model at one point. Oh, yeah. I bet I could imagine taking that to a print shop, being like, can you blow this up for me and make it poster size? <laughs> they handcuff you and do a citizen's arrest. <laughs> They're like, you're criminally horny. Anyway, <laughs> shouts out to Sasha Gray, the goat. Um, so before we go further into this bad movie, do you want to do some letterboxed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, what what's the brain trust saying about this? The brain elevator trust. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm just trying to think of brain fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Letterbox Riz. Uh, yeah, I had a few good ones here. So uh, yeah, a lot of hate I would say for this movie on yeah in the, from the brain trust. Can I can I jump in with a half star review? Give it very recent half star review. Gimme. We're all just wearing masks, quote unquote. Bro, shut the hell up. Green Goblin did it better. You ain't him oh yeah <laughs> i forgot that i was like that's a that's a bar when he said that line yeah i forgot that was from the green goblin fuck but it's like <laughs> remember how dope it was in spider-man when the mask was talking to him yeah oh yeah a lot of people made the comment online that's like kanye's balaclava was talking to him like the green goblin mask <laughs> <laughs> um yeah here's a uh here's a little review um oh fuck hold on i lost it wait you, you i have yours. i have something so funny 
one and a half stars from a user named Assington. A-S-S, Assington. Okay. Horrific American high schoolers who are all gay. So, <laughs> yeah. So it, that one. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Um, what does Assington have to say about other movies? I'm very curious. Their bio is cinematic rage bot and their location is six feet under. <laughs> their location is brain elevator. <laughs> Does Assington have a alt-right podcast we could follow, perhaps? <laughs> Af- that we'll subscribe to after Spotify last. Yeah, but that's an interesting phrasing for their commentary because it's like, you had an issue not only with the movie but also the gay characters like you're saying it's too woke yeah yeah yeah. um Hmm. here's a one-star review there's someone wasting my time (laughs) not bad hold on okay assington gave black panther wakanda forever four and a half stars michael b jordan needs to michael b in me mate (laughs) so so assington is british perhaps and he also he I guess, she takes it they in the, i don't know in that region we we don't have a lot of info about assington's uh gender identity right right because they're using i think a screen cap of a movie i don't think this is actually assington oh uh, okay um hmm yeah man sometimes sometimes we just stumble across like super obscure letterbox users and i'm like what is their deal <laughs> i like this one uh one and a half stars why were the little quirky main group not more upset about their friend dying justice for rodrigo (laughs) which yeah which for sure justice for rodrigo because rodrigo seems like a a good kid who's part of their crew kind of he's such a nice kid and we were this was the kid we were referencing who's his only crime was being addicted to fentanyl so also if i had to nitpick I think the grace window you have from when you start doing fentanyl to when it becomes apparent to everyone that you're an addict, very small. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to be real tough to like. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the idea that this was a secret. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like you, my understanding of these type of drugs, it's a super brief window where you can do them and keep it all together yeah. uh, to where people are not aware. <laughs> I have another letterbox here. Okay. Two two stars. Just another slasher from Netflix, I guess. Mm. And it's like, yes, that literally is what you just watched. What <laughs> what an insightful commentary. This is my favorite. Two stars. All the joints are rolled perfectly. Each of them are a ten out of ten. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I think I think they're all pre-rolls. They can't be hand rolled. So are we to believe that in this small anywhereville America that these high school students are going to a dispensary? I don't think they are supposed to be. Well, but you're right. The joints are very well rolled. Right, right. Yeah. Have you ever... Because I was thinking when they're hotboxing the, unbeknownst to them at that point, the killer's car. Um, right. Have you ever just hotboxed in a school parking lot that seems a bit reckless like maybe drive somewhere else i must admit shamefully that i've never hotboxed no i was gonna say neither i and at this point we're too old to hotbox yeah right you're right we've missed the window at this point we think about the consequences of our actions yeah why would i ever smoke weed in someone's car or my car that's 
I don't want that. No, no, that sounds unpleasant. <laughs> no, it's going to linger. Yeah. Um, I guess we should introduce the, the crew. So yes, this movie, uh, after the initial death, yeah, so this is not one of our core... This is not one of our guys, so to speak. <laughs> um, this is kind of an incidental character, the first guy to die, who, uh, according to Wikipedia, is named Jackson Pace. Okay, like the character? Yes. All right. What a made-up-ass name. Oh, it is also based on a book, I should say. Yes. And the director of this, I recognize his name because he wrote and directed Creep and Creep 2. Uh-huh. Did you ever see those? creepier <laughs> creeper did you ever see those no i didn't i that's been on my list for a long time they're though. fucking good man yeah, yeah yeah they're good they're a very clever use of uh found footage okay yeah um and yeah. somehow creep too even though you're like where else can this story possibly go it manages to be really good as well cool so cool. yeah um yeah so we are uh after the initial death we sort of uh uh, transfer over to the high school and see yep. the the reactions of the students mm-hmm. students react to the death um and the news of like him being this uh <laughs> terrible hazer yeah um, and so <laughs> and there's... also i should say during the credits i believe we get various voices kind of chiming in right or maybe right before the credits right right students just like randomly reacting to yeah to the news right in uh, the real ways. peanut gallery yeah um the high school i should say is uh, filmed in john oliver high school in vancouver so i think a lot of films are uh produced there because it looks very like american high schooly it looks just like atv high school yeah (laughs) Yeah. a lot of like canadian high schools don't look very american like they have like a really weird look like, you know, mm. American high schools, I feel like all have a very specific... Like, the teachers don't have guns, so it's not very believable. <laughs> true, <laughs> the true. teachers aren't behind, like, bulletproof, like, jewelry shop glass with a gun. I don't see the telltale Beretta bulge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we call it. <laughs> that, the that's world. the uh, industry term. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so they're having, like, a little bit, uh, what do you call that, like, a wake? situation i don't know there's like a little so, memorial it's crazy because you see all the uh football players and one of them has a monster energy drink the original green flavor in his hand as he's giving him a more uh eulogy i guess or like a little in memoriam type thing and then just starts belting out a song and, and uh, it's pretty good and pours out some monster for the fallen homie truly crazy um <laughs> but we see our main crew who are kind of like the outcasts like not the popular kids um, so we have like our main character that we're going to follow. Sorry, can um, I say something about yeah. the, the guy that pours out the monster yeah, yeah. real quick? Oh, when I saw him pour out the monster, my, cause you know, I'm always, my brain's always working in one of these movies. My gears are always churning because like, yeah, your brain's I'm on the lookout, always working. Pause. The, grain, the, brain, <laughs> <laughs> the brain is churning. The brain elevator is churning. Um, and um, it, uh, cause I'm always on my Benoit Blanc shit, you know, I'm trying to solve this mystery the entire yeah. time. So he pours out monster energy drink. I'm mm. like, is he the monster? <laughs> that was a lead. Damn. That was an early lead that I had. It, it was incorrect. It, it was false. It was a Damn. false lead, a red herring, if you will. You thought the movie was sending you coded messages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we've all been there. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. So we're introduced to the main cast and they, yeah, you're right. They're sort of these outcasts, but they're not like, 
the F tier of outcasts because no, there's no. actually another tier of outcasts that they won't even take it. Yeah. We find out later. Yes. <laughs> they're like, yes, we're the outcasts, but like, we're not going to see this guy's this too one. weird for us. Yeah. yeah. So there's but- McCanny, who is our main uh, pro tag, and she is a transfer student. Hawaiian. Yeah. Hawaiian. Transfer. Hawaiian yes. transfer student. Trans student. <laughs> and uh, throughout the movie, she'll have these sort of ominous flashbacks to fire. And we'll find out that uh, she was once part of the hazing where she injured somebody and pushed them into a fire. She keeps saying things are fire. Yeah. It's weird. People are like, this song is fire emoji. Check it out. They text it to her and then she has PTSD flashbacks. <laughs> Dude, that would suck these days if you had fire related trauma because fire comes up so often. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. It's, it's a frequently used emoji. I mean, you would have to uh, you'd have to get over that. Um. And then also I was going to say, so their friend Darby, who is a non-binary student, who is kind of singled out in a not particularly good way by the racist podcaster. Are they non-binary or are they trans? Perhaps both, but I think they go by gender neutral pronouns. pronouns, So did you notice uh, one of Darby's defining characteristics is that they are very into space. They're wearing like two layers of NASA themed clothing. And it's like... The merch game is crazy. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, and I've heard this comment in the fashion community, even if you're a big fan of a brand or a theme, wearing like that on that is like too much. You start to look like a mannequin after a while. Right, right, right. So it's it's crazy to love space so much. They're wearing two layers of space themed clothing. Like you're wearing the Ferrari hat and like the <laughs> Ferrari jacket. That gets a little bit yeah. too much. Yeah. Also wearing like luxury car merches crazy oh it's because so it's like wait do you actually own the car because anybody can go and get a porsche hat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's not the impressive thing <laughs> exactly that doesn't yeah. inherently mean you have the porsche <laughs> stolen valor perhaps stolen valor <laughs> yeah what's more problematic <laughs> actually i know what the answer is but are you aware of the trend of people like wanting vintage carhartt that's like, you know, kind of workwear or has been like blue collar uh-huh. workwear for a lot of its history. But now people are like upcycling it and thrifting it. Yeah. And I've seen these memes about like somebody has to wear the Carhartt to make it vintage, like thank them for their service. <laughs> it was like construction workers. <laughs> carefully worn on the construction. <laughs> yeah. Care- As friend of the pod, Eric would say, carefully worn. <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess there are lots of people wearing hats that are like, ferrari and they don't have a fucking ferrari uh-huh, they uh-huh. just like it right 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 so you're saying someone in a ferrari first has to drive with the ferrari hat on for a while yeah they have to carefully wear it in the ferrari, in the ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but now whenever i see construction workers i think like these are the guys making the carhartt vintage for the future <laughs> generations and i've seen the biggest fucking dorks alive on the throwing fit subreddit being like best source for vintage Carhartt or like is this broken in enough to wear it you guys are fucking losers I (laughs) just wear it shut up I just had the thought of like unsolicited rolling up to a construction site at like lunchtime (laughs) coming up to some random like worker and being like excuse me could you wear this shirt for three days (laughs) yeah I'll come back to pick it up could you get really dusty for three days yeah that's like the same you know like people want like panties from ladies after mm. they've like oh worn, like they buy panties yes on, yes online. yeah yeah worn panties yeah oh interesting yeah they're like 
maybe a different sort of fetishization of the wearer and like the use this clothing has had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a less horny, but in some ways still deviant uh, fixation on it. Exactly. <laughs> These people uh, are Carhartt demons. <laughs> they deserve to be banished to hell. God, if I have to see the phrase double knee Carhartt one more fucking time, I'm going to blow my brains out. <laughs> Why do you need two knees? <laughs> one knee was good enough for me when I was growing up. Anyway, I digress. I do have a Carhartt too, to be fair, but I bought brand new. I never good. pretended it was worn. <laughs> okay. I appreciate your honesty, man. Mm. I know that took a lot of courage to, yeah. to say out loud on <laughs> You're wearing un, you know unworn in new car hard you're hurting sustainability <laughs> the construction uh... industry is suffering because of that yeah 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 <laughs> dude that's that would be like an app what if there could be an app where you could like rent out people to wear your clothing to break it in yeah or like getting painters to like wear your pair of jeans for a few days around oh, the right. studio <laughs> To get some like naturally placed paint flags. Well, actually, I posted this on my Instagram story a while back, so I don't think you would have seen it. I forget if I texted you or not. Uh-huh. Somebody on the Balenciaga subreddit was commenting about a hoodie they bought, saying, "Oh, I like it. Could I send this to Balenciaga for them to distress it and make it look worn?" <laughs> and everybody in the comments was like, "Literally, just wear it or figure out how to distress it your- yourself." Like, there's no, there's no <laughs> department where it's like. We work in the distressing department. Right, like, right. What is going through your head? This guy, I think, sounds like wears his clothes too carefully. <laughs> Perhaps be less careful. Yeah, be less careful. But yeah, the idea... Be more erratic like, with your clothing. The idea of somebody who is so helpless and unable to do their own things, it's like, figure it out. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Learn how to do your own taxes, folks. Yeah, just... Part, the participation trophy to asking if Valenci can distress for you pipeline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, these people are learned helplessness, I think is the phrase. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Everybody's a fucking victim these days. Which is the whole point of the killer in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Is it no where he's like, no, I'm a victim. Well, no, the killer thinks he's the ultimate victim yes. because he's been the rich privileged kid who's been ostracized. Right. He's been so rich that he's been ostracized. He's like, nobody thinks of me as the victim. But like, we yeah. have it hard too. Yeah. Yeah. White men who are sons of, I guess, like property barons uh-huh. who collect Nazi memorabilia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's an insane wrinkle in the plot of this movie. He did get his car graffitied. So he did. I mean, wait, what did the graffiti say again? To be fair, he out of the friend group, it seems like he currently does have it the hardest. Wait. <laughs> It was graffitied, right? It wasn't yeah. keyed. It was graffitied. Graffitied, yeah. Yeah. Because in the OC, I think the Range Rover gets keyed at one point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Range Rovers are constantly getting vandalized on screen. I mean, it's just, it's so tempting. There's so much surface area. To <laughs> yeah, and they're so obnoxious. It, it's just a beautiful blank canvas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, yeah, we meet our crew. We talked about the, yeah, let's, let's call call them non-binary, oh, Elliot Page. And then Looks like Elliot also, Page, right? Also, <laughs> so this crew is talking bad about Ollie, who is McCandy's ex-boyfriend, yeah. who is like, they all say like, this guy's weird. He's going to be a school shooter. Have you <laughs> ever seen someone on screen and instantly thought this guy listens to Radiohead as oh. much as... The first Yo. time I saw this guy's face, I'm like, he has the Radiohead fan, like, phenotype. Talk about creep, dude. Yeah. <laughs> he, 
uh, he's definitely like the lone wolf on the dance floor. Definitely. Yeah. Although he's also supposed to be kind of badass because he like smokes cigs and listens to cool music. I actually really like And this she's guy. like still fucking them. So. But this is what I was saying is like these guys are like the loners. Yeah. And then there's this other guy who's like even more lonely than the loners. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, we can't let him join. Like, he's, he's the loneliest stoner who may or may not free his mind at night. <laughs> Except he doesn't, he doesn't burn. He just smokes cigs. Uh, and they comment oh, yeah. in the movie uh one of the other people in this crew comments like oh it's so crazy that you smoke real cigarettes best line in the movie yeah. he goes it's nice to have control over your death sometimes <laughs> best Which, line in the movie come on that rules damn, that's a bar we live in a society <laughs> <laughs> yeah that that's crazy <laughs> it's a bar um yeah i don't think we went over the entire so we have elliot page uh we have um the hawaiian girl makani the main character yeah. we have the white guy, blonde white guy, who looks Affluent a little bit like Ryan, Ryan Gosling, who's the killer. Yeah. Very handsome. Um, we have Rodrigo. Yes. And we have the battle <laughs> justice for Rodrigo. Who, in theory, should just be slumped over unconscious if he's <laughs> on fentanyl the whole time. Yeah, he but seems so nice and well put he together. He seems, yeah. And we have... Um, uh, the other girl. The other girl. Um, well, who's like she's like the bitch or something right she's like yeah. the sassy bitch she's kind of judgmental yeah i think um, she's yeah i think they describe her as one point as like yeah, yeah she's like the sassy one in the friend group <laughs> yeah and she's african-american so we have a little representation of yeah you know a little slice of a little slice of american life slice of american american pie yeah <laughs> um so what happens next? Oh, so Katie, who is like the class president or whatever, who's a blonde chick who did the racist podcast, she has an event at the church in honor of Jackson who died. And while she's kind of setting up everything, she gets trapped inside the church. A podcast that she allegedly did in one episode of starts playing and then she's approached by the killer and she's saying, ah, no, I didn't. It was a goof. I didn't mean any of it, which I'm sure is a moment that we'll have one day eventually, <laughs> maybe soon when we get trapped in the Spotify lab. Uh, you can check out any time you like. <laughs> hotel Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I wish we could sleep in the lab and like capsule hotel drawers. Oh, my God. That would be so dope. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, she gets stabbed up by the killer mm -hmm. uh, in the confession booth. Yeah, so in she the gets booth. <laughs> literally dies in the booth. Like dies all dies in the booth for the booth. She lived by the booth, died by the booth, <laughs> like any good podcaster. So pour out a little Fiji for her and gets hung up in the church. Uh, yeah, the church banister. You know, I like to think by being out of school, I could have fixed her. Oh yeah, could have. I could have shown her the light. But anyway. <laughs> That's neither here nor there. You could have been a good co-host to like <laughs> set her on the right path. If I was doing this by myself, right? Who knows where I'd be, man? Yeah, because like she did a solo pod, right? Which is pretty ambitious. She did, yeah, a solo racist pod. Yeah, is the Which, funniest thing. To I have do. a hard time believing in the small town. She couldn't find any other outspoken racist to do it with. Her. <laughs> great point. Man. Nobody who had enough opinions to get on mic. That's a great hmm. point. I don't know about that. She should have done a collab with like the old ass grandma, Makani's grandma. <laughs> yeah. And that could have been like a really good you people. Type intergenerational. Pod. Intergenerational, yeah. interracial, both perspectives. Yeah. Could have been a meeting of the minds. Could have been a real like Obama and Springsteen type pod. You know? <laughs> renegades. Yeah. Renegades. Did you ever listen to that shit? <laughs> no. No, me neither. 
somebody <laughs> recommended it to me once they're like oh you like podcasts i'm like yeah i'll definitely check that out <laughs> never uh, checked it out yeah yeah we wish them well though um always friends of the pod of course. yeah <laughs> <laughs> so pretty soon after we have the rich kid zach who wants to throw a party yeah. for everyone and this is well we spoiled it already the killer the killer unbeknownst to us at the time so the premise of this party is like because the killer is exposing everybody's secrets somehow it'll give people a sense of safety if everyone's secrets are out in the open yeah so which now when thinking back on it is a brilliant move from the killer because now totally he learns the secrets that he then uses against them right totally totally um yeah so even in the crowd scenes before we pan over to our main characters we have like snippets of dialogue that are like yeah i have this youtube channel where i do opera <laughs> um i want to ask you how many of the secrets do you think are podcast related i bet half of those motherfuckers have a podcast have a secret podcast yeah yes Yes. One of everybody's secret was just, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think most of their secrets are like porn related, porn search right. related. Yeah, I think a lot of it would <laughs> I, be like. I looked up Dylan whatever on Pornhub at 2 a.m. Dylan whatever. Like the Bud Light, fucking the new sponsor for Bud Light. Oh, I didn't know the name. <laughs> name? It's like Dylan Mulvaney or something. Okay, well, we'll do a search on that in a bit. Um, friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Uh, yeah, I bet a lot of the secrets would be pretty non-eventful. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then... So we have the reveal that... Okay, so the dad of Zach is this guy who's like a kind of hated around town who's like i wasn't really clear on the transactions buying up a lot of the farmland from embattled farmers and doing something with it was well, a typical white colonizer type i would say but i think a lot of these farmers would be white as well <laughs> fair, so fair, i fair. don't know <laughs> true anyway they're... i don't know this seems like a pretty you know yeah a uh, very diverse town based on i the, guess the yeah true body. actually right true which doesn't really make sense i understand what you're saying with yeah. the small town usa vibe but <laughs> kind like, of like midwest usa but yeah but the, i think the world that they have created is very uh right multiracial. but the idea is basically that this father is kind of exploiting the local community yeah. and like depriving it of wealth um yeah, yeah. for his own personal gain creating monopolies essentially. so he has this huge house that zach is hosting everyone in and then zach reveals that his dad is one of like what is it the 10 biggest nazi memorabilia collections in north america mm -hmm. which is crazy to know you're on that list but you're not like top three you're not a podium finisher but you know you're in contention right right and also this is like what amongst people who have gone public with this like right i bet a lot of people have memorabilia collections that they don't talk about <laughs> right well i don't think these are this is like a I don't think this list can be found in like Vogue or whatever. <laughs> it can't be found on Reddit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think uh, BuzzFeed is like no. making the list of like the top ten Nazi memorabilia. Hold, I think they're having meetings, mm. and so this is sort of an um, a very informal list that I think they're creating in their heads. You know what I mean? Like, also, do you want to know a clickbait trick? If you uh -huh. want people to click on an article, don't pick like ten reasons why. You pick like a. 12 reasons or like uh, 13 reasons like you need to do something a little bit odd and specific to uh -huh. get people to click it okay so anyway zach should have been like this is one of the seven biggest memorabilia collections click here to find out why 
12 rules. Is that why there were 12 rules for life? I and 48 laws of power. I could not pretend to know why Peterson picked 12. Right. Maybe there's like a biblical reference or something. Like he's very big on the Bible. Oh, right? yeah. It's kind of the source of all, all narrative. Um, 10 is a little on the nose, though. Yeah. So Zach reveals that he's turned a lot of this memorabilia into bongs somehow. Yeah. Yeah, this guy is a fucking stoner and a half. I mean, he's a cre- he's a creative. He, he's part of the creator community. <laughs> he's in the creator community now. My question is, if you, George, had an extensive collection of Nazi memorabilia, could someone unknowingly, without your knowledge, turn it into smoking devices? That's a great point. I I'm calling foul on that. Right. Yeah. No. That's a that's a great point. Yeah. Um. So they all start smoking, and uh, it's finally revealed that uh, Rodrigo's secret is that he he is a fentanyl junkie. And yes, and then the lights go off in the house, mm-hmm. and uh, somebody yells, "There's somebody wearing a Rodrigo mask <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the living room." Yeah, and then everybody runs away, yeah. which is like, okay, here's. <laughs> little issue i had with that scene okay imagine you are at a party pat and the lights go off and then suddenly a creepy dude wearing the a mask of like one one of the people at the party a 3d printed mask of one Mm. of the people at the party is just suddenly there wouldn't you fucking instead of running away wouldn't you and your homies like i don't know talk to this guy like you know it it was weird that everybody just ran away like there's enough people to like overpower the killer at that point you know what i mean right so are we supposed to assume that the kids know this is the killer's trademark at this point to wear the mask and they instantly think it's the killer well i I mean it seems like the they are running away from him right because wait nobody nobody would know that jackson was killed by somebody wearing a jackson mask no like jackson was solo no but it seems like they're running away from something right because they wouldn't just like yeah. leave the house randomly you know what i mean yeah i don't know i like, think they like there's something inherently creepy about especially if kids are like off. drinking and smoking weed i think there would kind of also be a bit of a delayed reaction where people wouldn't be able to tell like is this a joke am i just right imagining that this is weird and i feel like there would be like three or four guys that would like investigate like who the fuck are you bro you know what i mean like yeah i don't think everybody would just run away no i thought that was strange that does seem like a flaw in zach's plan right like i'm just gonna stand there and then people would scatter in such a way that when they look back at it they're like oh i don't have a memory of zach not being there because it's like that would also single you out if you're there then suddenly obviously if you're the killer in the mask you wouldn't be you know, yeah, that's like if people compare their accounts afterwards, like, where did Zach go? Yeah, that was weird. Didn't see Zach for a while. Somebody got killed for sure. Didn't see Zach during that time. Yeah. Hmm. Strange. Anyway. So Rodrigo tries to escape, um, kind of like running through some vents and stuff and gets his throat slashed. Yeah, there's kind of a tense sequence where he's crawling through a vent and the killer's below stabbing up through and he's kind of like wiggling and dodging the knife as it comes up into the air vent. Yeah. Uh, makes it outside to where there's a fountain, ultimately gets, I guess, gets pills stuffed in his mouth and then stabbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like overkill. Yeah. Um, That's like Hitler when he bit down on cyanide and yeah. shot himself. <laughs> Uh, so that's the third kill. 
Um, then afterwards, I think we get some scenes of Makani, like the main character, and Ollie, like the weird stoner. The Radiohead guy. Turns out they have a romantic uh, relationship. And so they're, um, I don't know, he's he's taking her in the middle of nowhere into a cornfield and like making yes. out with her. Um, he's just got that outcast dick. He's got that. He's got the riz, man. <laughs> he does have weird riz. He got the cornfield riz. He, he smokes analog cigs. He listens to music on cassette, I believe. Yes. He's putting in a tape he, in the car he, during one scene. He listens to only Sharon Van Etten <laughs> on tape somehow. <laughs> They're listening to uh, what's her song? Seventeen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, so he takes her out into the cornfield, and then she's kind of paranoid at this point finds a taser in his glove box oh is that a taser she found it's not a real gun no ah. it's were you high when you watched this <laughs> dude i watched it this morning <laughs> oh no <laughs> broad daylight baby <laughs> you were uh, in afraid. a cush coma because remember the taser recurs in the scene where zach finally dies oh, okay. because all he tries to use it it doesn't fire for whatever reason right uh McConaughey is about to be killed by Zach. Ollie loads it up, shoots it. I think past him, it distracts Zach, and then McConaughey stabs him fatally. Right, right, right. And then I think leans over him and stabs him again. She's like very... She's not doing the classic hero thing where it's like, ah, I can't finish the villain off. She just like stabs the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah. Which is dope. Um, anyway, yeah, so we find out later McConaughey's secret when the killer starts going after her, which is that uh, in her past, like in her hometown... She was also part of a hazing ritual in which she accidentally, like, she wasn't the one doing the hazing, but she was being hazed. So she was made to get very drunk, like, for a sports team, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Was it cheerleading or something? That seems like insane uh, hazing for cheerleading. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway. But it wasn't, like, sorority hazing because she's in high school. Yeah. And she would have been even younger in high school. She wouldn't have even been grade 12 at that point. Yeah. But basically, she was forced to get drunk and, yeah, ended up pushing one of her classmates into a fire, like a big bonfire. Yeah, it, it happens, man. This whole this whole <laughs> movie is very dumb, and there's way too much <laughs> stuff about hazing. It's like, figure it out. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, there are these two hazing plots, which, I don't know. There can only be one. There can only be one, man. <laughs> yeah, she pushes a girl into a fire accidentally. Mm-hmm. and she really pushes her in there like she pushes her in the middle of a huge bonfire she gets her good <laughs> oh fuck yeah so that's what's been kind of in her mind this whole movie yeah it's Just top of mind it seems like very much her. top of mind well <laughs> people is, keep uh, sending her fire enough. emojis yeah yeah <laughs> yeah she can't get away from the fire emojis i mean she keeps saying bars <laughs> she keeps saying <laughs> ba- poetry bars <laughs> oh okay so in my notes i wrote when we see her writing poetry earlier in the movie, it's like very convincingly bad teen poetry. So bad. They're not doing, and I like that because they're not doing the thing where it's like, wow, this is so profound. It's like, this is so whack. It's but trash, it is yeah. what a teenager would write in their bedroom with like the lock on the door being like, I'm onto something here. You just see getting brain in the library because <laughs> I love knowledge. <laughs> in her notebook. <laughs> All right. Um, actually, let's take a break there, and then we'll. Um, we don't have too much more to talk about. I think. No, we can wrap up the movie pretty quickly, and then I do have a good Netflix recommendation. Actually, right after this. Hey, loyalists. 
Are you tired of burning your mouth when you go in for a sip of a freshly boiled beverage? As a part-time podcaster, I don't have time to wait for drinks to cool. I'm not following a liquid schedule. They're following my schedule. Drinks wait for me to cool. And if you're like me, you need Rufy. Rufy is the first ever burn protection for the roof of your mouth. When you're ready to sip that tea that literally just finished boiling, just insert your Rufy mouth guard and drain that chamomile. It's that easy. This morning, I'm at a fresh French press of coffee. Now, I don't have anywhere to go this particular morning, but I still wanted to drink my cuppa right away. So I popped a Rufy, and I proceeded to sip. That's it. Just being candid, I got really sleepy after that, and I can't remember the next three to six hours. But when I came to, the top of my mouth felt great. No blisters or tenderness. So for one easy payment of $69 plus shipping, you can be the proud owner of a Rufy. And for just an extra $6.09, get the Tongue Domer as well. Tongue domers are made from durable latex and are coated in a pleasant slippery coating that feels good in your mouth. Just open the package and slide your tongue inside the tongue domer to avoid burning your tongue on hot-ass liquids. Don't wait. Get your roofies and tongue domers now. Don't wait for your drinks to cool like some kind of hobo. Get roofied today. So I guess I should fade out the copyrighted music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's fade it. All right, that is J Electronica with Exhibit C, which I've been listening to a lot recently. You sent it. Uh, you know, the whole narrative of like people begging you for the album. We go through that. That's <laughs> that's what we're up against. People beg for the episodes. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, we can't do Kissing Booth 4 until they make it. Like, calm down, everyone. <laughs> They're chomping at the bit. It man. literally does not exist. <laughs> What if we made Kissing Booth 4? Or what if we just made a podcast as if this movie exists? Oh, as if it and existed. everything was just like improv. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's finish off uh, this film. So there's one more death, I think, right? <laughs> Sorry, I, I have another letterbox. Okay. One and a half stars. First of all, I hate scary movies. Second of all, it's just a bad movie. Don't waste your time. Your is in the contraction version. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I like that this person time. <laughs> this person hated it, but they were also scared by it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't say it was particularly scary. Yeah, I definitely. I don't. think you have to have a very low tolerance for horror movies to be like, whoa, yeah. it's scary. <laughs> or maybe this person watched it in the dark at night. Whoa makes it everything scary that's what this is why i watched it in the morning <laughs> you were too scared <laughs> this, this morning yeah yeah because you said you might go home friday and watch it but you ended up not well i watched uh the first like half an hour last night before i left or sorry last yesterday afternoon before i left for the party mm. um and then uh this morning i woke up and watched the rest of it i thought i would come home and watch it but came okay home, came home too late man it was 11 30 <laughs> A daytime watch of this is yeah. uh, pretty twisted. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, so where are we in the plot? So they're at the so... cornfield. Makani gets away from Ollie. She takes an Uber home, and the driver is, like, creeping on her. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she goes inside her house and is attacked by the killer. Right. Um, and... Uh... 
she basically manages to get away, but her secret is still made public, which is that she pushed a girl into the fire. Yes. <laughs> which the more we say it, it's like this gets dumber and dumber. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, and I I wanted to say this earlier. I forgot when the girl has her podcast played and is then stabbed to death. I think that's what the Think Fresh hosts would happen if their uh, identities were to leak to <laughs> perhaps friends and family and coworkers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. Imagine being trapped in the church and then like a 24 minute episode about <laughs> Subway meatball subs started playing and then you died. <laughs> that would be, that would be rough. <laughs> um, so so yeah she wakes up in a hospital she's fine her friends are you know despite the uh the the revelations um about her secret that yeah. she pushed a girl into the fire have been leaked um her friends are still standing strong behind her like we don't care yeah you're, you're still part of the crew the all, hot box crew the hot box crew although they still will not accept ollie <laughs> yeah somehow ollie is a bridge too far still so at this point ollie is kind of like the number one suspect right like his yeah. locker has been spray painted with murderer yeah dude that's imagine yeah. not being the murderer showing up to school in the midst of like a spree killing being like oh fuck it i have to take a math test and then murderer is spray painted on your locker. oh yeah that's really tough that is man. what radiohead song would you listen to in that situation oh i would say maybe how to disappear completely yeah, uh, maybe Fade Out yeah. would be a good one. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe something from OK Computer. Maybe not. Yeah, probably Disappear Completely, I think. Right. Did you know that was based on a book in the 80s that literally did teach you how to fake your death and disappear? Oh, really? Which I've always wanted to get my hands on a copy because I'm like, none of this would still be relevant. I'm just curious in the 80s how it would have worked. Well, if... Uh... Yeah, if enough people find out about our podcast, yeah. we may have to disappear completely as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're going to tell people next week that there was a mysterious accident in L.A. and I died, <laughs> yeah. but I'll still be alive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, so, wait, what happens? Because they end up going back to the cornfield. Everything's on fire. Yeah, the killer sets the cornfield on fire and like, like traps the football team out there or something and his dad right like so yes. like so the the big land baron dad gets is... confronted by unbeknownst to him initially zach wearing his son yeah his son wearing the dad's face as a mask yeah um our protagonists show up uh the dad still gets stabbed he with still sword? dies the nazi sword Hmm. Yeah, like are we meant to think is one of the Nazi swords? I'm not sure. Possibly. Possibly. Maybe it's an unanswerable question. Uh-huh. <laughs> Many unanswerable <laughs> questions. Um yeah, and then McConnie and Ollie intervene. Ollie tries to tase him. Taser doesn't work. Ollie gets stabbed. The killer does the classic like movie. Here was my whole plan, and here's why I did it. He's going to try to pin it mm. on McConnie, which I'm not sure that would really work super well, but basically saying like you have a history of like violence and bad behavior. Yeah. Um, she pushed a girl into the fire, man. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, Ollie distracts Zach by firing the taser again. I think the prong goes past him or just barely hits him. Yeah. And then, um, McConnie 
stabs him up. And then we get a brief kind of uh, epilogue where they're going off to college. Oh, right. And that's a wrap. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is our stupid movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I would say, okay, so for me, this is a chill because mm. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's incompetent in ways in which it still has control over its incompetence. You know what I mean? <laughs> it, it, I think it lacks a lot. Mm. I think like a lot of the writing is like very cheesy, very ham-fisted. A lot of the acting is like, is, you know, as well. Uh, a lot of the shit is just like unrealistic and over the top, but I think it is not striving for anything greater than what it is achieving if you know what i mean like it is like mm. i think that's just what it was going for it was going for a b tier horror movie see i, I just think it kills it i actually disagree with you and i would have to say it's a kill i would not recommend this i think the movie does strive to be more clever than it ultimately ends up being mm. by invoking these sort of social social issues and trying to be very topical but in a way that's quite superficial um right right yeah, I just don't think there's a ton here that really makes it worth checking out. And I don't think it's bad to the point of being absurd and then circles back to being worth checking out. I I think it's just very mids and I, I struggle to really come up with reasons to tell people they should watch this. Right, right, right. I, I had fun like trying to figure out who the killer is. Like I was genuinely surprised when it was Zach. Right. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. That makes sense, I, I guess. The, his reasoning behind it was a little <clears throat> dumb. I felt like... Yeah, it was going to be one of the other characters we'd seen, but not necessarily Zach. I thought my other lead was that it was the grandma and her sleepwalking <laughs> was uh, killing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because there's mention of her having like troubles with sleeping. And a lot of times in horror movies, when people sleepwalk, they might have a whole other life or some sort of uh, they're up to something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, it turns out that didn't really amount to much. No, maybe that was a red herring. Yeah. <laughs> um no I, I thought there was enough there in terms of like fun kills fun the kills were good fun characters um with like fairly fairly fleshed out you know personalities like they're not just generic teens like they have their own kind of personalities yeah. that are distinct like i thought they were well done characters um yeah, i don't know i just thought it was like a fun fun movie um that is a mindless kind of dumb good time and like the all the woke commentary i thought even was like yeah super you know i don't know doesn't do a good job with it but like i don't know i kind of like that it flounders around in it a little bit i, I thought it was a little ch kind of charming okay yeah um i would say definitely watch creep and creep 2 nice yeah. uh by this director which i think are those movies have a much better idea of what they set out to do yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of a mission statement. And I would say they they pull it off. Nice. Um, yeah, so that's the movie this week. Let's talk about other media. Highbrow shit, if you will. Do you want to go first? Highbrow shit. Uh, no, you go first. I don't, okay. I, I don't think I have anything. Honestly. Oh, man. <laughs> you're, you're dropping cue cards on the floor. So as the listeners may know, I rarely binge watch a TV series. However, I got very into the Netflix series Beef. Uh, which yeah. I thought was fucking fantastic. And I watched a couple episodes earlier in the week and then watched eight episodes yesterday because it was rainy and shitty and I didn't want to go anywhere. Incredible story. Excuse me. I'm full of LaCroix. That goes to some <laughs> unexpected places from like 
a very simple inciting incident uh-huh. and kind of shows how these characters harbor so much animosity and resentment about various things in their life that they're unable to let go of what should be kind of a non-event yeah. and it just escalates and gets crazier um which made gave me some perspective because i had a beef this week which oh, i kind of mentioned you? so i was walking home from work uh and presumably you know a boy between the ages of eight and 13 i would reckon tried to drop a water balloon on me God. when i was on the sidewalk walking by a building that i walk past all the time and it took me a second to piece together why something had hit the ground behind me and i looked up and didn't see anything somebody walking ahead of me was like that was a water balloon like somebody threw that at you and I will say I was angry about various other things that day. And I I, resi- I walked away calmly. I didn't make a scene. But I wanted to scream obscenities up this person. I wanted to, you know, detail the ways I was going to find them, get them. <laughs> and uh, this is parody. Kill them <laughs> with my bare hands. Like you've watched Brawl in Cell Block 99. I want to fucking, you know, when he stomps the guy's yeah. head, decapitates him, and the head goes down into the latrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, things of that nature. It's, yeah. And, uh, that you know, name. I want to, because uh, I thought, like, you know, I was so embattled in various ways, and I felt like people that day had not been treating me with a lot of respect. And uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's like, what? I'm such an asshole that now I can't even walk down the street without being the butt of somebody's joke. Like, you're just up there having to laugh at me. And, you know, after watching Beef, I realized, maybe I just need to let this go. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, man. (laughs) Because the inciting incident in Beef is a disagreement in a parking lot as our two protagonists are trying to leave at the same time and they end up honking at each other, getting this big road rage chase, and then things escalate from there. Uh, I don't want to give too much of the plot away, but... Yeah, I would highly recommend Beef. And uh, I guess if you're someone like me who also might struggle to let things go, you just got to chill. Um, you know, the water balloon didn't even hit me. Uh, yeah, I, I've let it go. I've made peace with it. <laughs> the water balloon that was thrown from the Texas, the sixth floor of the Texas Book Depository. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to stop walking underneath that place, man. It's trouble. You're asking for trouble. Well, now I also wonder, like, that is the side of the street I always walk on to get to work. And it's like, if I continue to walk on that side of the street, I feel like this is a one-off. I don't feel like it's going to be a recurring thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I don't think lightning strikes twice. And I think that person <laughs> would also really be pushing their luck if they're going to make a routine out of this. And I'm <laughs> guessing the child of a family that lives in one of those units on the north-facing side of the Time Building in Lower Lonsdale. <laughs> Docks him. <laughs> yeah. If anyone has any clues, please call our helpline at HowOriginalPod at gmail.com. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean that line when I said I'm over it. I mean that would be insane if that per- if that kid like made it his mission. Like I, no, I'm getting you specifically. Yeah, I I also think it was not related to like me as no. Patrick in any way. I don't it's think just, it was like, premeditated. They wanted yeah. to do that as a bit, and I happened to be their victim at exactly. around 5 p.m. on Thursday. Exactly. If you have any information <laughs> in the tower <laughs> portion of the time building. <laughs> um and i told you i had an ex- there is something infuriating about like having something thrown at you from a high a higher space a and higher just place. knowing the person up there thinks it's gonna they're gonna have a laugh and they think they're gonna yeah. get away with it i think there is something i think that that is a control thing to bring this mm. all the way back it's like there's nothing really you can do about it it's like no. you can't really <laughs> go to that building you can't like go up and chase them like they can just <laughs> run away go into their house yeah and, and you know cower in their house 
but um uh, yeah so there's a helplessness to it that's really fucking annoying yeah um, yeah because it's like that person wouldn't do that to my face yeah they wouldn't walk past me on the yes. sidewalk and fucking hit me with a water exactly. balloon. they're trying to do it from several stories up anonymously that's what's so. infuriating about it it's like the twitter warrior thing yeah like and it's like I, you know this person would never say this shit to my face they feel yeah. like the anonymity and like the the distance is you know, mm-hmm. it and, makes this okay somehow. And it's like, I'm, I'm wearing a nice leather jacket that day, you know? Yeah. I'm not like this person. I'm not fucking animal clothes and rags. I have some drip. So <laughs> anyway. He was just trying to give you more drip. <laughs> this person was giving me unwanted drip. Unsolicited drip. I, I would have been dripping. I, I had a, uh, a burger thrown at me from, <laughs> oh, yeah. fr- from a hotel balcony in Whistler. And, it's uh, crazy to throw a burger. Yeah. And it was, uh, it was during like grad weekend or whatever. So a lot of rowdy, you know, it was like May long weekend. So a lot of rowdy boys were, you know, were out there, um, out here in these streets, the block was hot. And so I don't know. Anyway, someone threw this burger at me and I got very self-conscious because I was wearing this very, uh, high, like, um, what do you call it? Uh, just, just very low cut, I Mm. guess, shorts. And I was like, oh man. Is, was this a hate crime against me? Like, <laughs> does he, you know, did I huh. look, you know, did I look a little, a little zesty? <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, if somebody has the intellect or lack of intellect required to throw a burger at a stranger, I guess you have to think like, what might motivate this? I don't know. Maybe they just thought it would be funny regardless or. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I got very self-conscious about that. Maybe. I was like, these shorts make me look zesty. That's what this was a hate Maybe. Crime. Maybe it was your gay manager at McDonald's in a fit of rage that you wouldn't have sex with him. (laughs) He tracked you down and he threw this hamburger. No longer my buddy. (laughs) I just fucked buddy. Call that a fuck buddy. (laughs) Fars. Yeah, that's crazy. Also, correct me if I'm misremembering didn't Amanda at one point say to me like oh when I met George I thought he was like gay or something because yeah. he was well dressed yes which my, is... my clothing puts people off man I mean not, but not puts you, people off but do like you remember and you mis- probably don't do you remember specifically what you were wearing when you would have met Amanda oh, for the first time I feel like I was probably rocking a tasteful tightly fitted polo shirt Tommy Hilfiger polo huh. shirt, I think, was my first day at PDP. That was my, okay. my drip. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. I believe. I believe. Huh. Well, we can't go back and undo the past, can no. we? No. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> she, she threw a burger at me. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody in class was pelting you with items. <laughs> uh holy shit you're right though that that could have been buddy in the grassy knoll in the texas book <laughs> depository throwing that burger at me in whistler because it was a mcdonald's burger right so it was like i'm imagining like a i don't think you can really throw a gourmet burger that's gonna fall apart like a shotgun shell it will instantly disperse right it has to be spread. a fast food burger can contained in a wrapper i think it was yeah i think it was a junior chicken if my Mm. memory serves (laughs) so wait sorry did this item actually hit you or was it just a close call and then you unwrapped it and you're like what is this i think it may have like hit my shoe a little bit enough Mm. i think it did hit me a little bit Mm. like it didn't like smear on my clothes or anything like like my Mm. it didn't get on my clothes but it it hit me enough that i was like felt very shameful right uh, (laughs) 
very yeah very that would angry. that would make me furious too so my buddy yk calmed me down in the elevator mm. heading up to our our room in the, in brain, the, elevator. In the brain elevator <laughs> he gave you brain in the elevator <laughs> to calm me down i'm like i'm not kidding, I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the door opens everybody sees you you're like this isn't what it looks like and then we have the curb out just try to relax <laughs> Okay. Um, uh, my only high, uh, my only fucking art that I would recommend is uh, the new Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia album that I don't think we ever formally recommended on the show. But but uh, much like this podcast, scaring the hose, scaring the hose, very <laughs> That's good. The title was, of it was ripping it on the way to work the other day. Yeah, that, you good. were playing that in your car when you picked me up yeah. to go to Port Moody yeah, 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 uh, yeah. from Low Heat. Yeah, that was dope. Good album because I'd only heard. I think I'd only heard the song "Scaring the Hose." Yeah, um, yeah, no, it's like it's a great album. They use guitars and on some tracks in a really fun okay. way. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get more into that. And yeah. Give it a full sit down listen. Yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I don't actually know what what movie we're gonna do for next week because we're thinking whatever we pick, we should pot about in the lab. In the lab, so it'll probably be a late release probably yes because we need to do some travel back to vancouver so hang in there loyalists uh perhaps if you're missing our podcast next tuesday you should tune in to think fresh where we recently guessed it and maybe that could uh you know be six inches or even a foot long 12 inches if you will of entertainment um (laughs) it will answer the question who has the hardest little dick in the six as drake once said not AI Drake, the real Drake called in to say this. Asking the important questions. <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. All right, that's a wrap. Bye. Bye. Bye.